Just a reminder that Oh My Dollar's weekly money advice is out in April as a cat-filled workbook. Anyone who pre-orders can start getting chapters and challenges every week right meow. The illustrated personal finance workbook covering everything from investing to student loans is available online at ohmydollar.com book. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerbake, and that was Will Romy. Let's talk about money. So today we have two <laughs> listener questions that I thought would go well together because they're both kind of about like business and money. So yeah, let's uh, jump into the first one. Super. Um, listener Adam asks, I have a project I've been doing for several years through Kickstarter and Patreon and random PayPal donations. And I'm finally turning it into a business and I can't figure out if I should be a nonprofit, an LLC, an S Corp or a C Corp. Help. How do I choose? I'm based in California, if that's relevant. I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> Especially California, because it is kind of a large, a high tax state, um, as we like to say. Um, okay, well, there was uh, approximately 12 questions kind of built in here, but I'm going to start with the um, I'm going to start with the basics so that anybody can apply this when trying to figure out what kind of incorporation status they're going to use. So um, if your project is charitable in nature and you're not necessarily taking um, you're not, you know, taking a huge salary from it or it's not um, the majority of your income, a nonprofit might make sense. Um, and the reasons that you would want to have a nonprofit are that you would then be able to apply for either government grants or foundation grants for the project. So this could be a really excellent thing for, let's say your project is, um, you know, you've been doing, taking care of like street cats or something mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. And um, you might qualify for a pet co-sponsorship or, you know, a special foundation sponsorship. Um, that might be a case in which you want to be a 501c3. You can still which take- Which is a nonprofit. Which is a nonprofit. Um, and you can still take a salary from a nonprofit. However, if you don't have a ton of income coming in and you're not looking to get um, kind of- funding from grants, then a nonprofit might actually cost you more in taxes than being a business, ironically. Oh, so they're not strictly tax-free? They are not strictly tax-free because you still pay payroll taxes. So payroll taxes are what um, your employer or yourself pays to the state in order to run payroll. So um, when I get paid by my W-2 job, they also pay a portion of taxes to the state and federal government. Um, and in the case of California, most likely your local jurisdiction as well, because there's a lot of taxes in California, <laughs> um, they pay what's called a payroll tax. So in the case of like my LLC, I owe my dollar is an LLC. And the reason I'm an LLC instead of a nonprofit, even though I mainly do charitable activities, I mainly teach low income um, youth personal mm -hmm. finance. It's like my main business. Um and so there's a lot of reasons why 501c3 would make sense. But because I'm an LLC and I have such high expenses, because most of my expenses are things that I can tax deduct, like we've talked about before, um, the amount that I can pay myself ends up, the amount that I would pay in taxes on payroll taxes are actually a lot higher than if I just do what's called an owner pass-through 
on an LLC. Does oh, because you, you can do more write-offs. Yeah, yeah, I can do expenses. a bunch of write-offs. So um, the big one being health insurance. And we've talked previously about how health insurance is kind of amazing for self-employed people as a write-off. It sucks that it's so expensive, blah, 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 blah. Like, we don't like the situation. But one of the cool things is there is the self-employed health insurance deduction that you can take. You cannot deduct what you pay into health insurance unless you have some kind of self-employed income. So if you became a um, employee of a 501c3 for your project, you would not be able to write off that health insurance unless you had some other kind of 1099 income out there. Oh, okay. I see. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're, but one of the things that you could do is your nonprofit could just pay for your health insurance, right? So like, but the nonprofit wouldn't necessarily be able to pay, for, they can't pay for your health insurance and then have you also get the um, federal subsidies, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. because they're paying as a business. So there are reasons why a 501c3, even though it might make the most sense from like a, your own feelings about how your organization operates, your project <laughs> operates, it might not actually make the most sense tax-wise. Another thing about a 501c3, if you're getting like random PayPal donations for your project, is that um, technically donations to a 501c3 nonprofit are um, can be tax deductible for some people. Right, by the donor. By the yeah. donor. But here's the thing. Very few people already, only about 30 percent of people in the U.S. actually itemize their deductions. And that is where you're allowed to write off charitable donations. So um, we kind of have this like pervasive myth that it's really easy to write off charitable donations, but most people don't actually do it. Uh -huh. <laughs> and as someone who's been a fundraiser for nonprofits, I kind of don't want people to like think too much about that because I want them to believe they're getting a write off. Um, but this has changed even more with the most recent tax reform. So that tax reform they passed at the end of 2017 pretty much has eliminated charitable don uh, deductions for almost everyone. And that's because now you need to be rich enough to have money in a trust in order to get that tax write-off. And so, oh, so that money has to be donated. That, that money has to be donated at a much higher level huh. in order for anybody to get a write-off. And so you shouldn't do this if you mainly exist on individual donations and you're not going after institutional funding in most cases. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So you want in space. Yeah. Yeah. If yes. you're looking for grants, <laughs> that's still totally write-offable because large corporations can write off charitable donations through a bunch of different tax mechanisms or, um, you know, foundations are already tax deductible. Like there's a ton of different ways if you're looking for like government grants or you're looking for foundation grants that only nonprofits can apply for, then yes, 501c3 may make a ton of sense. But if you are a small project that mainly gets donations from like well-meaning people on the internet, you're actually not helping people out um, with their taxes at this point by being a 501c3. However, that doesn't mean that people don't kind of still falsely believe they're going to get a write-off and feel better about donating to a 501c3. It, yeah. um, it also costs a lot more money <laughs> to be incorporated as a nonprofit. And Just in terms of fees or there's and, more paperwork? Yeah, like there's a lot both? more paperwork. So t for example, Oregon, it, it varies by state, but in Oregon to file as an LLC, it costs about 100 bucks to incorporate as an LLC. Um, it's going to cost you anywhere between $800 and $1,200 to do the filing fees oh, wow. with the IRS. More. And you would also need to have a board members um, because as a nonprofit, you can't just be the sole owner operator. You actually don't get to be an owner anymore. You just get to be an employee of the organization and you need to have a volunteer board of directors. Um, and so you're going to have to find three friends <laughs> that you can rope into being on your board. Um, and for some projects this is the natural next step but it is not a step to be taken lightly 
LLCs are super easy to set up. Um, one thing I do want to address is that LLC, which stands for Limited Liability Corporation, people hear that name and think it's going to protect them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, limit their liability. Uh, yes. Here's the thing. Um, limited Liability Corporation without insurance as well really doesn't offer you that much legal protection. Obviously, I am not a lawyer. Um, but what I will say is that there is this concept called piercing the veil, and it's piercing the corporate veil, as odd as that sounds. And it's a legal concept that essentially is like, how much intermingling do you have between the business and the personal? And um, this is why we've talked before about why it's really important to have a separate business uh, bank account as opposed to a personal account and like actually keep that money separate. Not only does it make your life easier come tax time um, as far as accounting, it also is really important to this concept of piercing the veil. Here's the thing. If you are one person that has an LLC and that is your main job, the there is really no veil between you and the business. You are the business. And oh, okay. so there's almost no legal defensibility that you haven't pierced the corporate veil, in which case you aren't really limited. You aren't really protecting yourself from legal liability. So limited liability corporation, sure, theoretically, it's a separate legal entity than you. However, if you're a single member LLC, which means that just there's one person in it, or even a couple member LLC, you really are not protecting yourself very much unless you have insurance. Um, the veil is still pierced in that yeah, case. The veil your is your still financial pierced. doings. So are... if someone is angry at your company, they can sue you mm -hmm. um, because you are the company. Yeah, because you've pierced the corporate veil. Huh. Um, the last two types you asked about are an S corp or a C corp. In a previous episode, we talked about um, cases when you're a single bi person business in which you may want to be an S-corp. Um, since we did that episode, this um, whole tax reform passed, and S-corps are even more advantageous if you're earning a fair amount of money from your business. And the reason why is an S-corp allows you to take some profit out of your business above whatever your market rate salary is. Mm -hmm. um, and it used to be that it was just at a lower rate. It was like a 10% tax rate that you paid. Now, the first $15,000 of profit are totally tax-free under tax reform. Okay. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they passed that, but it could be really great if you have a project that makes like, say about 100000 and you can take a market salary. So let's say- um, if you're, you know, a graphic designer, let's say fifty thousand is uh, a justifiable market salary. In in this case, usually when you're arguing for salary, you want to argue higher. But in this case, you want to do the lowest defensible market salary right. because you'll take that first part as payroll from your S corp, mm -hmm. and you'll pay, you know, your regular self employment taxes on it, and um, you know, state and local. Um, but then the $15,000 above that, that's profit, will be tax-free. So if you made $100,000, you would be able to take a $50,000 salary out. Maybe you have around, you know, $25,000 of expenses in order to run the business. And then $15,000 of that is going to be tax-free profit for you. So that's really awesome. You essentially get a 30% bonus. Uh, okay, I understand. So that would be useful in specific you corporate have be, structures yeah, and payment scenarios. Yeah. So you really... The thing about an S-Corp, um, the other thing is that an S-Corp allows you to have multiple owners. For what does the S stand for? Um, shareholder Corporation. Okay. And that is because um, everybody is considered a shareholder and you can have up to 100 shareholders. And each could have 1% of the company. Gotcha. So for an S-Corp, you could theoretically be a 95% shareholder and then have a 5% shareholder. Um, maybe it's 
you know, a friend of yours that does some work on the business or, or whatever it is. Um, I know some people, it's like the lawyer that helped them set up their business gets like a small percentage share of it. Uh-huh. The thing is, is outside of your salary, every time you do a disbursement in an S-corp, one of those like extra tax-free profit distributions, it has to go to the owners based on the number of shares that they have. So if you have a 1% minority shareholder in your corporation. So you you do all the work for the business and the yeah. project and 99% of the business is yours, but you gave 1% to someone that gave you some startup money or something like that. Um, if you were to disperse $10,000 in profit, that you, had to get a they, cool would, Honda. they would have to keep $100 yeah. of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Last so you'd already know if you were going to need that one because it would be part of your business plan, I presume. Um, not necessarily. So the, the main thing about an S-corp is that you could convert to an S-corp later. So you can be an LLC while you're getting started. The big thing is, is that S-corps cost more money to do, um, not only in incorporation, but it's a totally separate business entity from you. So the single member LLC, you can actually just put that on your taxes the same way you do 1099 income if it's a single member LLC. But an S-Corp is a separate legal entity. And because it's a separate legal entity, um, the awesome part about that is that you maybe have a little bit more protection than you do with that LLC. The downside is it needs to file its own taxes because it's a person. I see. Okay. So, But hopefully that extra income will make that worthwhile. Right. So, But you need to have enough income because what's really frustrating is if you become an S-corp, but you're not actually making enough money in the business in order to pay yourself that market salary, then you don't get the tax benefits and you just have to pay more to file. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a losing scenario. Okay. And then the C-corp. C Corp. C stands for corporation? Yeah, just corporation. Corporation, Um, corporation. Corporation, corporation, I think. Um, The thing about a C Corp or or even a B Corp, uh, which is a benefit corporation. Benefit corporation. Most states don't have B Corps, but um, Oregon does. Um, uh, Benefit corporation is kind of like halfway between a nonprofit and a regular corporation in that like it has to be contributing back to the benefit of whatever the mission is it's a little complicated air quotes yeah Yeah, there's a lot of air quotes because it's like a little odd um but a c-corp what i will just generally say is the scope of a project that's been operating on kickstarter patreon and random paypal donations almost never is going to need to be a c-corp um and if you are at the stage where you think you might need to be a C-Corp, that is the point at which you definitely will benefit from talking to a lawyer. Right, a C-Corp, we're talking about like a corporation, a cor- like like Halliburton or something, Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are C-Corps that are not Halliburton, but... Um, Exxon. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the C-Corps are kind of complicated. Um, is that all of the types of... Is that all I, the options? That's not like a hundred percent of all of the different ways that you could incorporate. Like, if you're doing political advocacy, you might be a five hundred one c four. If you're a church, you'd be a different kind of five hundred one. Um, and you probably would have mentioned those things in the question, right? Totally. <laughs> but that's most of what Adam is asking about. And um, the main thing is that, like, it's quite easy to set up an LLC, and you could dissolve the LLC in a year if it doesn't end up making sense. Um, and the advantage of the LLC is it allows you to open up separate bank accounts and you'll get an EIN, which is um, 
an employer identification number. Mm -hmm. And what this allows you to do is have a legal entity for the business that's separate from yourself. So it'll make it a little easier to open business bank accounts, set up lines of credit. Like I have a business credit card. I don't, you know, take out any debt for my business, but I like having the credit card as extra protection because I don't like using my debit card when I'm traveling. Um, And like I was able to get that. Um, because I have an EIN for my business. So an LLC is a really good way to put your toe in the water. Um, and a nonprofit is um, no small feat. So um, just be aware of that. Hmm. Cool. That, yeah. should, that should answer his question. Hopefully. Unless Adam's a church. Or, or just a, give him uh... a bunch more questions <laughs> to ask. But he should probably ask those questions, some of those questions to a lawyer even. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that it's totally easy to incorporate as an LLC without ever talking to a lawyer. Um, you can do it online for most places. Hmm. But if you've got a lot of complicated goods and inventory and stuff like that that you're going to need to track, it's worth you know having an initial consultation with a lawyer and getting some um, advice if you have a complicated business. Right. Cool. Well, our next question is similar. Uh, listener L asked, I am a comic artist who just started a Patreon and I can't figure out how to set my Patreon levels. How much do I take home from the amount that my tier is? Can I do write-offs? Do I need to be a business? Does this money get taxed? That's an excellent question. Um, I'll explain what Patreon is for any listeners that are not aware of this. So Patreon is essentially like a monthly subscription donation service that you can um, use to pay creators for their work. Um, there's all different types of creators that are on this, but comic book artists are quite common as well as like YouTubers and podcasters. And essentially what you're saying is that you'll give a dollar or five dollars a month in order to support a creator in putting work together. And um, the tiers are kind of similar to like Kickstarter tiers, which I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with. But um, quite often people will have them set at like at $100 a month, I'll do this. At $500 a month, I will start producing a podcast. At $1,000 a month, I can pay all of my rent and focus on this full time or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I think in I think actually episode one, we had um, Lucy on, who was a comic artist who talked yes, about setting up her Patreon. Um, but one of the things that you need to uh, you need to think about with the Patreon is that there are expenses involved with meeting your Patreon tiers. And one of the mistakes that I see a lot of people um, make when they set up a Patreon is that they're like, for when I get to two hundred dollars a month. I will, every $5 and above Patreon, will get a postcard that I will send them every month and not thinking about the fact that, like, not only is there time involved with making postcards, but also there's shipping and having to buy postcards. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you need to think about the expenses involved. T-shirts are a great example of, like, they're very complicated. and There's reasons. There's companies that only focus on making clothing. It turns out that, like, (laughs) being a comic book artist who's also managing inventory and fulfillment of, of... handing out t-shirts is complicated who would have known um so a lot of people set their tiers based on their own expenses and this is where having a budget and knowing your own expenses is really helpful um one thing you need to do is always um account for future taxes because your patreon money is considered taxed um there you can make some like complicated legal arguments that it shouldn't be but the fact of the matter is you'll probably get a 1099k for your patreon income and you will need to report it so you need to but they don't take any money out for taxes before they hand you money from patreon so 
Right. So hang on to some of it. Yeah. So essentially, nineteen percent sh- of it. You about thirty percent is what I would say. Mm-hmm. And you, so you should pump up whatever your goal. So if you're like at a thousand dollars, if I get to a thousand dollars a month on this Patreon, I could focus on this full time, which is like probably too low. But <laughs> um, let let's say that that's true. You really want that number to be thirteen hundred a month because you need to account for the taxes. So if you know oh, you're, if your baseline expenses are a thousand a month, you really need to account for those taxes and and don't don't screw yourself from it. Um, you can totally do write offs. So. Anytime you have what is called 1099 income, which Patreon income is because it's business income, essentially, um, and it doesn't get the W-2 money withheld from it. Anytime you have any income like that, you can do write-offs. So you can write off your health insurance. You can write off your home office. If it's a dedicated space, you can write write off the portion of your internet that you use for your business, uh, your phone bill, your... Um, any supplies. So you're a comic artist, like, you know, nubs and paper and, and, you know, a tablet that you use for drawing on the computer. All of those things are business write-offs. And the great news about that is 30% might end up being a bigger buffer than you need because if you make $10,000 from Patreon this year and you save 30% of that for taxes, you might actually have $5,000 of write-offs in which case you're only going to owe taxes on that final 5000. Right, great. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is great cuz then you you know, you're going to end up with 1500 extra dollars at the end of the year uh, from that $3000 that you saved. So, um, that is really awesome. You do not need to be a business to be a Patreon. It's um it can be really awesome for all those reasons we talked about in the previous question. Uh, but you don't have to be. Cool. Business bank accounts are nice, though. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there could a, be advantages to being a business with with the Patreon income. It seems like. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Cool. Um, hopefully that answered some of your questions. If you have any more questions about like legal structures for business, um, I will answer as much as I can without being a lawyer. I can answer a lot of tax questions, but <laughs> <laughs> no trademark questions. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, that wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Romy me <laughs> our intro music is by aaron parecki and i'm lillian Carebake, your personal finance educator and host thanks for listening until next time remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you oh my dollar is now a weekly podcast so you do not need to wake up at 7 30 a.m to hear the show check us out on itunes overcast or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.